0: Thank you for tuning in to our Oasis Young Adult Podcast. Oh Yeah! meets Tuesdays at 7 p.m. on campus at Oasis Community Church. We hope that you are inspired by today's message. Let's get into it. Welcome to Oh Yeah! Young Adults. We are uh, starting a brand new series tonight on the identity or our identity in Christ. Um, I feel like this is absolutely pivotal to uh, the time that we live in. Uh, so, so this is what we're gonna uh, go into today. So I actually, I'm gonna talk about today, um, a leaky faucet, uh, a leaky faucet. On our Christian journey, there is this uh, definition that we have to come to terms with. There's something that we have to come to terms with when it comes to our Christian journey, and that is our identity in Christ. Um, Because if not, uh, we can very well easily become or easily identify ourselves as something that we are not or something that God never intended. We can uh, allow life, allow people, allow things to place labels on us um, that devalue, watch this, what God originally intended. It is very easy um, as as believers to uh, devalue something because we don't know its worth or we don't know it's God's original intent for that thing. So it would just be like uh, if I said that your chair uh, was was actually a vehicle. If you say, you know what, Uh, since I can identify uh, as a car, my chair is my car. Well, here's the problem with that. Uh, The problem is, is that the person that created the chair did not intend for it to be a car. So therefore, there is a immediate conflict between what you want to label it and what it is. And oftentimes this is the picture or the backdrop by which we live in a society uh, that wants to identify as one thing but does not consult the creator of of all things regarding what it should be. Mm -hmm. And and it is uh, a slippery slope to dysfunction and chaos because uh, anything uh, that is made has the intention of the maker anything that is made has the intention of the maker some prerequisites i want to give you about the book of ephesians so this is considered a uh So these are not so when you hear the word epistle it is not the wives of the apostles okay um it is uh what paul wrote uh it is also um it is considered a, a a book that he wrote while he was in prison or while he was in prison and this was the epistles sometimes are looked at as a response to a problem or issue but this particular book was not a response to a problem or issue uh the epistle um, i'm sorry the church of ephesus it was written to a church named ephesus it is now uh modern day turkey it was in asia minor uh this was a pretty large city so about two hundred and fifty thousand people um it was a large commerce area and this was this city was actually well known for their pagan worship before Christianity ever showed up. And when Christianity showed up, uh, pagan worship was so tied to their commerce. It was, it was tied to uh, their their uh, influence. It was tied to uh, their city, their culture, their economy. And when Christianity showed up, it just caused heaven in the culture. And so this is the backdrop by which Paul sends this letter to the church of Ephesus. You also read about Ephesus in the book of Revelation. Ooh. Right? The book of Revelation, uh, in, in chapter number two, you hear about the church of Ephesus again, that Jesus is writing a letter to the, book of the, the church of Ephesus talking about they have lost their first love. Here's my first question for you. If Jesus was to write you a letter, what would he say? What, what would he say to you today about your Christian journey right now? What, what letter would he pin to you and say, dear, thus and so? Dear you, here is my letter. He he starts his letter out with praise. He he praises them for what they've done well. But then he says, but there's just this one thing. This this one thing that I have. What what kind of letter would Jesus write to you? So the book of Ephesians starts out with Paul uh, in verse number one. Here we go. We're going we're going to make it happen. Captain, here we go. Uh, verse number one, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful, uh, in Jesus Christ. So Paul starts out, he says, Paul, an apostle. So an apostle was an appointed person, uh, that God in point that God appointed, uh, by his authority it says by the will of God, uh, it says to the saints. So that word saints is, uh, he meant for them to be, uh, it is actually defined as other. Can everybody see this? Am I, am I in the way? Kind of, okay. Uh, It is is meant to uh, denote other. It is meant to denote that they are separate. They are set apart. So, as a believer, we are called to be set apart. We are called to have some form of difference about our lives. Here's the question Uh, Is there anything different about your life than it is an unbeliever's life? And if there's not, you have to ask the question, what makes a difference between your life and the unbeliever's life? This is why they were called them saints, because they were uh, called to live a separate life. Not that they were outside of the world, that they live these kind of, you know, because most people think, man, if I make these outward behavioral modifications, if I stop doing this and stop doing that, maybe I'll be right. No, it was an inward transformation that showed up as an outward action of uh, the work that Jesus had done on the inside of them. But here's the thing, is my inward transformation showing up on the outside that people can know, man, there is a difference about you. There's a difference about you. I don't know what it is. Like when you go to work, man, there's a difference about you. Like when you when you go to school, man, there's a difference about you. I don't know what there's something uniquely different. Not your clothes, but there's something on you that's different.
1: Right.
0: Is there a difference? It says, um are faithful in Jesus Christ. So it's not just talking about their faith in Jesus, but it's talking about their life in Jesus. And I'll pause to say this, that although uh, we can have faith in Jesus, doesn't mean we live our lives in Jesus.
1: Right.
0: I'll say that again. Although we have faith in Jesus, doesn't mean we live our life in Jesus. There can be atheists that consider God to be God, but that doesn't mean that they actually accept him as savior. There's, there's a high difference than to praise God or or to to see God as as God or or, or a deity, but it doesn't affect my life. Here's the question. Uh, Does your Christianity affect the way you live? Because he he said they were saints and they were faithful. Uh, Can faithfulness be tagged to your life? Can, Can that be the identity that you show up as like, man, can God say, man, look down from heaven like, man, man, man. Courtney is faithful, man. Man, like, man, like, Cole, man, he's faithful, man, like, Jen? man, she's faithful, can he say that about you? Or is it like, man, I don't know, they, you know, they kind of spotty, you know, they, you know, I may get one thing one day and I may get one thing another, like, like, can he say that about you? Is everybody still with me? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Verse number two, it says, grace to you and peace from the Lord, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So grace is the unmerited favor. It is the, it is the gift we have received in spite of ourselves from God and peace. He's not just saying uh, a peace that, that is like the world gives. No, he's saying peace with God and the peace of God. So it's a vertical and it's a horizontal. It's a peace with God. I'm no longer at enmity with God. I'm no longer at war with God because of sin. But now I have peace with God and I have the peace of God. That the peace of god flows out of my life that wherever i go peace shows up in my home because i'm there peace shows up in my family because i'm there peace shows up in my school because i'm there peace shows up because i don't just have peace with god i have the peace of god verse number three blessing be to god and father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So it's, it's literally talking about So A lot of times when we think about blessing, we correlate it with some kind of materialistic thing, right? Some house, some car, whatever. That's, that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about a more of an eternal reward. An eternal inheritance that we will receive as a result of accepting Jesus into our hearts and that when we uh, uh, bust the tape of eternity, that's what we're going after. Here's what I'm going to tell you Uh, as young adults, man, do not uh, live a life that you amass everything in this life now. Because the wisest man to ever live, uh, his name was Solomon. He would say things like this, life is vanity. It's meaningless. That everything under the sun is meaningless. That after you have done everything in this life to amass every kind of wealth, to to amass every kind of thing, you may say, man, my crazy, what in the heck does this have to do with my identity? Because that's what we find identity in. We find identity in, in material things. It's stuff we could gravitate to that we could say, man, I have these assets and I have this and I, you know, excuse me, since I've come to this kind of status, man, I've 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 arrived at something. I've done something well. You know, I, I, I have this house or I have this car or I have this career or I graduated from this school. And all of these things amass to nothing compared to the glory of God, compared to what we will face when we stand before God. And when we keep that in our mind, it literally starts to fade away. We, we start to lose focus on temporal things and start to focus on eternal things. It's. Verse number four, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, you'll like this call, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Thank you, Brandon. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of his will. So, uh, verse number four says that he chose us. Now, it is talking about a a more grander uh, view of the church. He chose the church. He chose a people. He didn't. He didn't say, "Well, I want Brandon to be saved and I want Cole not to be saved." That's not what he's saying here. Uh, but he chose a people group, a people that he wanted to be. He uh, is to represent him in the earth. Now, watch this. Uh, It is our choice whether we would be a part of God's people or not. Right. Uh, I'll just paradigmically insert this, that God does not require us to be uh, robots. He has given us this thing called free will. He chose us and he adopted us into himself. I, I want to read this because I thought this was really good. It talks about adoption, what it meant in those days. It says, uh, when the adoption was complete, it was complete indeed. The person who had uh, been adopted all rights of the legitimate son uh, in this new family. He had all rights to, as a legitimate son in this new family and completely lost all rights in his old family. In the eyes of the law, he was a new person, uh, so knew that he was all of the debts and obligations connected to the old family were abolished as if they never existed. So so what he's saying that we have been adopted, uh, that we have a new family. Maybe your family is dysfunctional like mine. But God has adopted us into a new family. So so maybe you have insecurities like I do. Maybe, maybe you don't look at yourself and see that, that God so saw you that he valued you enough to say, man, I want Mary in my family. I want Tate in my family. I want uh, Jared in my family. I want Kaelin in my family. But he loved you enough that he didn't just stand on the outside looking like, man, I want them. But he sent himself to die for you so that you could be reconciled back to him so that you could be adopted into his family, that everything uh, outside of his family is now canceled. Maybe you got a dysfunctional bloodline. Maybe you're like, man, I don't want to be like my dad. Maybe I don't want to be like my mom. Maybe I don't want to be like this. And I don't want my family to be like this. But you don't have to. Now you have a new
1: family.
0: Amen. Verse number six. I got to get through this. Hallelujah. <laughs> to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved In him, we have redemption through the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his glory, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mysteries of his will, according to his purpose, which he has set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him things in earth and things on heaven. So he he talks about this glorious grace uh, that he has extended towards us uh, because of what he has done in Jesus. Uh, It talks about that we have redemption. Redemption simply means to be bought back, right? Redemption simply means to be bought back. He's bought us back through blood because uh, our sin required some form of payment. Our sin required some form of payment. Is everybody still with me? Yes. yes. Our sin requires some form of payment. So when you consider your identity, man, I have to consider it. Watch this through the eyes of the gospel that I'm so significant, that I'm so special, that I'm so uh, loved by God that he was willing to go through all of this and still give me the option. Watch this to choose against him? That he was willing to shed his own blood because he loved you so much that he said, man, I would even go to the extent that they have the option to choose against me, but I would still choose them. That's why you could develop a heart for unbelievers, man. That's why your heart could break for people that don't know him. man. Because when they don't know a love for them that will go out of his way to make sure that they're reconciled, man, that's the kind of love you want. That's the kind of love that people are longing for. That's the kind of love that people are saying, man, I wish I had it. And no vice, nothing will be able to fill the void that people are feeling outside of Jesus. It is through this redemption, watch this, that sin loses its power. Mm -hmm. Notice I didn't say sin doesn't exist. I said that sin loses its power. Good God and glory. I feel like preaching now. So so what it, what it simply means is, uh, if I unplug this TV, the TV doesn't cease to exist, just that the power of the TV is no longer there. So, so, so what Jesus is saying is that he has uh, uh, provided for you a, a way that sin uh, cannot have power over you. The only way that sin gains power is through our own effort to plug it back in. Yep. I like to think of sin as a mannequin. When you walk in the store, a mannequin has no power. It's there. It has no power unless I get it. I give it operation. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Verse number 11. Is it alright if I go over just a little bit? Is everybody still enjoying this? I know I'm sweating like a country pig at the country fair. Is everybody still enjoying this? Okay, verse number 11. It says, "Uh, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we are so that we who were first to hope in christ might be to the praises of his glory in him also when you heard of the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promise holy spirit who guarantees who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory? So, this goes back to having an eternal mindset. This goes back to, man, that, that, that my identity is not to amass the, the greatest amount of wealth on this earth. And I'm not saying, man, you can't be balling. I'm not saying that. No, ball out. Ball out. But, but do not allow anything to eclipse who God is in your life. Don't let any relationship, uh, don't let any uh, possession, don't let nothing eclipse who God is in your life. Because when it eclipses, it, it takes the seat of who God is. Here's my question to you. Uh, what's sitting in your God's seat right now? Because whatever is sitting in your God's seat gets the opportunity to give you the identity of who you are. say it like this anytime creation doesn't salt doesn't consult the creator regarding what it should be it will always lead to dysfunction and chaos it will always lead to dysfunction and chaos it says that we have been sealed by the promised holy spirit So notice that the Holy Spirit is the identifier of the believer. So the Holy Spirit, watch this, shows the authenticity of your faith. Mm -hmm. He lives on the inside of you, but he is the one that shows the authenticity of your faith. It's not only authority, it's not only security, but it shows the authenticity of your faith. Verse number 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's praying now. He's praying and giving thanks. And your love towards all saints. I do not cease giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God, I mean, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which, you, to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in, in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the work of his great might? And that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fits in all. So Paul is literally saying, man, I want you to truly know, I want you to be uh, intimately acquainted. Mm-hmm. You said, my great man, why did you call this leaky faucet? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I called it leaky faucet because uh, anytime uh, the source of your identity is outside of Christ, your life looks like a leaky faucet. Right. And anytime, any any people that own homes or pay water bill, you know you do not want a leaky faucet at your house.
1: Right.
0: Ain't that right, Brandon? <laughs> you, you don't want a leaky faucet. Why? Because you will pay for that leaky faucet,
1: yeah.
0: how many lives are paying for them? For their identity being found outside of Christ. And tonight, I come uh, come by to tell you that 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 He wants you to be uh, intimately acquainted with Him because uh, He made you, according to Psalms 139, that uh, you were uh, uh, wonderfully made fearfully and wonderfully made that was written by a man so women y'all can't take that (laughs) fearfully and wonderfully made is what the bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made it says we are fearfully and wonderfully made man i must uh, get to know who jesus is and therefore know who i am i must live a gospel centric lifestyle that means my life is informed by the gospel not the gospel is informed by me
1: right.
0: because if my life is informed by the gospel then my life will be identified through the lens of the gospel mm-hmm. and if my life is identified through the lens of the gospel then i could walk with confidence even with my insecurities yeah. Yeah. even with my feelings even with how i see myself my goal our goal in this walking through Ephesians is that you will grow in not confidence in yourself, but in the God kind of confidence that you would see yourself through the lens of the gospel. Three things I want you to take away today. One, accept your significance, that you are so significant that Christ died for you. Two, appreciate or show gratitude to the sacrifice that Jesus has paid on the cross. And three, align your life with the source. What does that mean? That means any area of my life that I'm out of alignment with the identity of what Christ calls me, I need to align my heart with that. Maybe this week you need to spend time praying out of your heart the, the, the uh, incorrect labels that you've labeled yourself or labeled by other people. Some of us have broken and fragile identities because we've allowed everything to label us or to identify us except the one who made us. And he's called us. He's willing to give us our identity. But we have to be willing to accept it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet and it's a light unto our path. God, we thank you that you will restore identities during this series. That you will illuminate your word. God, you will open our eyes to see something, God. To see the beauty and the the greatness of who you created us to be. Father, I pray, God, those that are broken, when it comes to how they see themselves, maybe they see themselves as a burden. Maybe they see themselves through their achievements or through their rewards or through some form of affirmation they didn't receive from their parents. But, God, I pray that they will see themselves through the light of the gospel. And that, Father, you're able to restore. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you were impacted, share this message with a friend and let us know via Instagram. You can find us at ohya.phx. Until next time, be a disciple, be
1: bold in your faith, live for Christ.